Hello, this is Steve Shirley with RNS Northeast, and this is the Clean Life. everybody welcome back to another episode of the clean life i'm your host molly and if you listened to last week's episode we were at home because of covid and you know we were all trying to be safe well i am still currently at home coming at you from my kitchen table so bear with us as uh, <laughs> as we get things rolling back to normal but i do have a guest so you won't just have to hear me ramble the whole show so my guest today is Brittany Dingler, and she is a landscape architect in Nashville, Tennessee. Brittany, why don't you say hey to everybody? Hey. So why don't you give everybody um, just like a summary kind of of like where you work and just like a general overview of what a landscape architect is. Yeah, so a landscape architect, basically you break it down you build the complete environment outside of a building. So just every, anything that's outside is in the responsibility of a landscape architect's job. So an architect will do all the building drawings, but then an architect will site the building, angle the building the way it needs to be faced, you know, for sunlight or for views, um, deal with water, like grading the land to get water to drain properly or direct water where you need it to go to the planting, designing the planting that will go around there, as well as doing hardscape, pools, uh, pool pavilions, terraces, walls, driveways, all the kinds of circulation. So the landscape architect really combines kind of engineering architect and interior design all in one for the outdoors. And um, a lot of people don't know about us um, as much as you know about architects and engineers. But we, I would say we're like the linchpin that kind of puts them all together. We work a lot of projects. We collaborate with engineers and architects and interior designers. And um, we're kind of the glue that binds it all together. Because if you don't relate to your site in the best way possible, um, then the whole project fails. So that's just kind of an overview of what we do. Anything from parks to golf courses to residential to hotels. It's really broad. Um, so, like, if it was a uh, golf course, you guys would do the whole thing, basically, yeah, besides, like, in the exactly. clubhouse. It, yeah, down to where the cart path should go, uh, you know, water, if there's any ponds, or, like, um, the driving range, where to put that, where to put parking for the clubhouse, like, all of it. So, like, Tiger Woods' new golf course in, uh, it's in Branson, isn't it? Yes. Right. So that was done like by a landscape architect versus an architect, right? Yes. So landscape architect would have planned that whole golf course. Okay, that makes sense. Cause I, so you do you guys even like have to put where the pin's going to be? Yeah. Now usually we also consult with like you know a true golfer, and right. you know there is somebody who manages exactly where the the hole should be. You know, there's all those logistics, but we use them and put it all together. I can definitely see how people don't 
you know, think about landscape architecture as being the main thing. But I mean, if you guys do like anything from the driveway to knowing, like making sure a house isn't going to like retain water up by the doors or like putting a pool in, even I didn't realize that pools were something that you guys did too. Um, I mean, basically like the whole theme of the house and the land around it is up to y'all. Exactly. And, um, you know, a lot of people want indoor outdoor relationships in their houses as well as a hotel or, you know, even a restaurant with an outdoor patio. And we help with that. We make it happen and try to make it feel like the inside and outside are married, whether the material is similar colors, where you put things to have views from inside the building to the outside. I mean, we get down to the nitty gritty, tiny specifics all the way to big master planning of if you did a family compound on a hundred acres of land and you want 10 future houses and how those lots would be together and how the driveways would work. So it's pretty cool how macro and micro we get to be on all kinds of different projects. And I would imagine people even more today because of COVID and because people are having to stay at home, like that indoor outdoor relationship is just even more important. Exactly. We've actually been busier than ever at my work with COVID. Um, We're blessed with that, but because more people are at home and um, they want to invest more into their home because they realize they can't travel as much or can't go and do things as much as you could before. So people are wanting pools and, you know, wanting trails or a sport court, you know, for basketball or a tree house. I mean, we do all kinds of stuff. So y'all even do tree houses. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Playgrounds, tree houses, gardens. It's pretty broad. Now, is it mostly like high-end type stuff? Yes. Yeah, so the firm I work for is called Page Duke Landscape Architects here in Nashville. And um, I would say 90% of it is residential. And a lot of it is high-end residential. Um, but anything from a small townhouse to, you know, like I said, 100 acres for a farm property. It's pretty broad in scope, but I will say, um, my firm, we it just announced in Nashville that me and my boss, Gavin Duke, are on the design team for the Hilton Hotel at the Nashville International Airport. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, so you know, not a house, not residential, <laughs> right. but uh, we're getting to be a part of um, the hotel plaza and the rooftop. Um, you know, people come into Nashville, welcoming them to Nashville with a firm that's local um, and does a lot of design work here. So that's pretty exciting. So is what you guys do mostly local or do you guys go outside of the state? I would say 70% of it is pretty local to middle Tennessee, but we do go out of the state. We have a lot of projects in Florida on the beach. Um, I have a project in Virginia Beach, Ohio. California, Kentucky. So know, really, it's we're all, all over. over the place. Yeah, yeah. So, Even international. We, my boss was going to some islands or, um, you know, private islands and residences outside the country as well. So a lot of people from Middle Tennessee, especially, take fall break and go to the beach. Is there anywhere you know down there that some of our listeners may know? Yeah. So we actually have done a lot of the design for Alice Beach. A lot of uh, parks there. Yeah. And the little pedestrian paths, you know, that people will take to get to their, from their house to the beach. We've done a lot of those little niches and little parks there. 
Oh, that's really cool. I've been to Alice Beach a time or two and uh, or walked through it, not stayed. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, I mean, the architecture there and landscape architecture is just really cool. You know, it's got like the kind of Spanish theme, I feel like, going on. And there were some like. Yeah, it's really different. So did you guys make the pathway with like, um, there were like turtle statues? Yes, we did that. It's called Turtle Bell Spring. That just opened up. Uh, probably about a year ago, um, that it's a whole plaza there close to the ocean that has these sea turtle sculptures and all this information about sea turtles and, you know, how endangered they are. Just trying to get kids to reconnect with sea turtles so that in the future, you know, they care about them as well and um, keeping them around. So that was a cool project that is a lot oriented towards kids and families um, and water and connecting it all together. That's awesome. That I feel like yeah, that's it's cool to be able broad. to Yeah. <laughs> but like that's really cool to be able to pull in, you know, it's not just necessarily for the parents. Like you guys are doing things between like just thinking through like families who are going to walk through somewhere to tree houses to, you know, pools. Like it's not just for the people who you're building for, it's for families. Yes. That's yeah, really we're neat. definitely very family-oriented in almost all designs, for sure. That's really cool. Well, we're going to run to a quick commercial break, and then I want to dig more into that, Brittany. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. getting sick to stay safe the cdc recommends you do five things one wash your hands two keep your hands away from your face three cough or sneeze into your elbow four keep your distance five if you're not feeling well stay in when you can't get to soap and water use an alcohol-free hand sanitizer like waltz free it's a lotion that's also a powerful hand sanitizer that works in just 15 seconds lasts four times longer and won't damage or dry out your hands even if you use it many times a day We're back. It's Molly and Brittany talking about landscape architecture. So, Brittany, I don't feel like when a kid is little, they're like, oh, I want to be a landscape architect when I grow up. I mean, unless they know somebody who does it, probably. So, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's not a common, yes. like, it's not like a dentist or like a police officer, or like a teacher, you know, where it's just very right. commonly seen. So, what made you want to be a landscape architect and how did you kind of you know, mold that and get to where you are. Yeah, so you're very right. A lot of people just don't know about it, and especially kids. You know, yeah, you're right. You don't hear about that as a profession. You usually just hear about architects, right? So growing up, I was always interested in drawing, um, creating things. Even in third grade, I would create little 3D models of our house out of paper at home and would make my sister help me and cut things. Um, I loved being outside, and so I always kind of thought I would be an architect. I was just interested in building um, in that aspect, 
And I got to my senior year of high school, still thinking I'd be an architect and was shopping around uh, colleges, visited the University of Arkansas architecture program. And when I got in there, you know, they're showing me all the, the studios for architecture and giving me the rundown. And then they said, you know, oh, but we'll also tour the rest of the school. We have interior design and landscape architecture. And my ears perked up because at that point, <laughs> the architects, the work they were doing, I was just like, I don't know if this is for me. It's just, <laughs> it wasn't exactly what I expected. Yeah. So then when they took me around to the landscape architecture department and you marry the outdoors with design, with drawing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is me. This is what I want to do. So thankfully, I visited them and um, got to hear more about what they do and realized, yeah, it's not architecture. I was close. It's <laughs> landscape architecture. That's what I want to do. So yeah. just jumped into school and, and loved it. I wonder why that's not a more known profession. Yeah, I, you know, I asked myself the same question. Um, you know, because there's a lot of famous landscape architects. I mean, Frederick Law Olmsted is considered the first landscape architect and he's the one that designed Central Park in New York City. Really? He did the Chicago World Fair. He also designed the Biltmore, like where it sits and um, how you get there. And he's the one that actually planted all the trees that are there that today you would think were completely natural. Yeah, and I think, you know, when people see trees at places like that, that are very mature, you know, I mean, me personally, before I knew what a landscape architect was, I go back to like my younger days when I'm like, oh, that's just been there forever. Like Johnny Appleseed planted that or something. But, mm -hmm. but you don't realize how thought out all of it is. Right. I mean, sometimes our, our best work is, you know, especially for a residence here, let's say it was an old residence, but we're coming in and redoing a lot of the outside work. And then they have visitors come and they're like, well, what did you actually do out here? That's the best compliment, you know, is, is saying, what did we actually do um, that looks like it's been there forever or just looks like it was a natural part of the house. So is that something you personally kind of strive for is to keep that natural look? Just, yes, just the natural flow of inside to outside right. and, you know, accentuating the house, making it a place that you want to come home to every day. That's what I really enjoy and want everyone to have because I know a lot of people don't get that <laughs> your firm takes a lot of like <laughs> high profile cases I feel like um and you know 90% of them being residential and us being in Nashville I feel like you have a lot of opportunity to work with some pretty cool people are there like is there a cool project that you've gotten to work on that you want to tell us about or like I don't know if you yeah, can talk I about clients or not but I can't say their name, but I can tell you we've definitely worked with a lot of um, country artists here in town um, and producers and publishers. Almost every aspect of the music business, <laughs> we've pretty much helped them with their house or second house, um, which is pretty awesome. And even some movie stars. I wish I could tell you who they are. Um, <laughs> That's okay. But we, understand. You know how, we understand. You know how celebrities are. They like their privacy. That's right. But that's neat to kind of get that. I would imagine it's, uh, you know, it takes a certain level of professionalism, too, to be able to do what you do. Yes. No, it really does. And, you know, with the way our job is set up, we, we really have to build a relationship with the client 
to get to know what they like, what they don't like, what their lifestyle is like, make sure that the outside works for them and with them. Right. It kind of represents who they are. Right. So is there like a coolest project though that you've done that you were like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've done. Like I'm super proud of that. Yeah, there's actually this project in Memphis um, close to the zoo. Uh, there was a whole two acre site and we, there was not a rock or a twig on that entire <laughs> site that we didn't touch and redo. Really? Um, but it was a renovation of a house. I would say the whole project came in around $12 million when oh it was gosh. all said and done. It was a pretty extensive project, but because the the budget was so high, we were able to plant 36 foot tall magnolias, um, huge trees and plants that the first day it all got planted, it looked like it had been there for at least 10 years. So that was an incredible project that I got to be a part of. And that was my first project. I really got to be the, the project manager and uh, really work with the contractor and the client and make it all work. Yeah, so you really, like, got to see it from start to finish. Yes. That's what's also cool is that with residential, things get built a lot quicker than commercial. We really see things, (laughs) you know, come to fruition really quickly. So now you said that you went to the University of Arkansas. Yes. How did you end up in Nashville? So, um, Paige Duke, the Duke, David Duke of Paige Duke, he also went to the University of Arkansas and is from Arkansas. He's from Batesville. Okay. Um, so he was on the advisory board for the School of Architecture. They always get professionals from around the country that are alumni, um, to still kind of be involved. So he had come on a trip to a meeting there at the university and my department head for landscape architecture was talking to him and said, hey, you know, I have a senior that I think would work really well with you. And so he introduced us um, and we got to talking. And before I knew it, um, he was asking me to fly out for an interview (laughs) and interviewed here, got the job. And that all happened within five days of graduation. Oh, my gosh. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty neat. Right down to the crunch time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I want you to share some tips and tricks with us. But before we do that, we're going to run to a quick commercial break. And when we get back, I want to hear about those, especially for fall and winter, because I know a lot of our listeners are like, you know, trying to decide whether to take their plants in or leave them out a little longer. But no, I want to hear about that right when we come back. Sounds good. business free from infection is serious business. Are you making sure your employees and customers are safe with solutions that are truly safe for them to use? If you're asking employees to use disinfectant all day, every day, make sure it's the right choice. If you want your customers to be safe, use the best products. Waltz D is an EPA-registered hard surface disinfectant that is FDA-approved for food contact surfaces. It's a new era of clean, built for the new normal. An environmentally friendly disinfectant that is safe, effective, and sustainable. Hey, this is Carol Ann Hoffman. Be sure to subscribe to The Clean Life. There are new episodes available every Wednesday. 
Molly and Brittany talking about landscape architecture. So before we were into break, I asked Brittany, I wanted to know some tips and tricks because, you know, personally, I don't necessarily have a green thumb, but it's not not a green thumb either. Like I'm working on it little by little <laughs> and like all of my summer plants have died. <laughs> but my moms were doing very good until I went out of town for a week and I caught Jordan on our little ring camera watering them the day that I was on my way back. Once he noticed that they had already died a little bit. So that's kind of how our fall plants are going. But why don't you tell everybody some, um, you know, like, are there things that you can plant in the fall? Oh, yes. Um, fall is actually the best time to plant everything, basically. Really? Um, yeah, it really is. So, like, your big trees and shrubs, this is the perfect time here through December, pretty much here in Middle Tennessee is the best time to plant any of your big trees or smaller trees, all of your shrubs, any ornamental grasses. Um, this is the best time for any of that big stuff you want to start getting in the ground um, before everything really starts to freeze. So that it can have a little bit of time to settle in before spring hits and it can really take off. Okay, I guess that makes sense though. Yeah, and, and also if you're going to, you're having any, you know, summer lawn woes, you know, you get the brown patches, you get, or you're just ready to really redo your lawn. The fall is the best time to do any patching of sod, or if you're wanting to seed it and overseed it to get ready for next year too. So really fall is like when you prep. It really is. Fall, fall is the best because you're not planting your plants right before everything um, starts growing immediately and everything gets hot. So then they just have a little bit more time to acclimate. Okay. But that's for like your more big stuff. Like your, like you said, your shirt. What about like rose bushes? Cause I feel like that's a bush. Yeah. I would do that in the fall too. Really? Mm-hmm. Now they won't bloom in the fall though, right? Or will they? No. Okay. They'll just be dormant, um, all through winter and then they'll start blooming and growing in the spring. I feel like that's, one hard thing for me is I don't ever know what plants are going to come back and which ones aren't. And when I'm walking through Lowe's or Home Depot or even like these little nurseries, I'm just walking around and I'm like, oh, that's pretty. That's what I want. Not necessarily thinking, oh, what's going to come back? Right. If it says annual on the sticker, um, that means it's going to last for that growing season and then die off. Okay. But if it says perennial then you can, um, it'll come back, you know, might die off in the winter, but it'll come back as you know, far I, as those little, you know, small ground covers you can get. I actually thought that would have been the opposite. Like hearing annual, I would have thought that it would have been like, Oh, it'll come back year after year. I know it is a little tricky. So when you were in school, did you have to learn about all the different plants? Yes. We had an entire <laughs> semester called woody plants. Um, I can't tell you how many note cards and flashcards I went through that semester, but we would learn about 30 new plants a week that we had to be able to identify um, with their leaves, you know, without the leaves. We had to learn the Latin name, their characteristics, their sizes. And our final, I think I walked two miles with my professor and he would just point at a random tree or shrub, and I would have to be able to spout off everything. The Latin name, the common name, all the facts. So we're pretty familiar with most plants, at least in the, um, in the South. 
you can't like halfway go through landscape architecture. Like if you're having to learn those plants, I know for me, like, you know, I came out with a graphic design and mass communications degree and I had to take art history. Well, I really don't care. Like I appreciate art very much and I like to look at it, but I really don't care about the history of it. And so <laughs> learning those and like having to learn where they were, who painted them, what year, that sort of thing. Like I learned the flashcard and then I could not tell you to this day what the flashcard said. So I feel like that's something you guys have yeah. to learn, but retain. Right. And then constantly learn. Cause I mean, they're actually constantly coming out with new plants that they have, you know, hybridized between two different varieties and come up with a brand new variety. So you're just always learning new plants. What's the new stuff out there? And since you guys have high end clients, do they like to have like what's new or like something unique for them? Sometimes, but for the most part, they really like to have those staple plants like boxwoods and magnolias that are really iconic and classic to Middle Tennessee. Um, so sometimes the newest isn't always the best, but we do try to mix in new with tried and true. Do you guys find it hard to do the newer things because you don't necessarily know how they're going to pan out in the long run? Like, you know, how much, do, mm-hmm. I guess you guys think, have to think like watering systems and that too. Cause I mean, what if something needs to be watered a lot? Right. Yeah. We try, we have to try to group plants based on their water needs but really primarily based on, you know, sun versus shade. That's the number one, you know, place and reason of where to put a plant. So you really have to put plants together that go well together, like a plant palette is what we like to call it. Um, <laughs> I like that. To make sure it will all work. Yeah. <laughs> a plant palette. I like that a lot. That's funny. So what about winter? We've talked about things like that you can plant in the fall, but what about the winter? The winter, you can still plant um, your evergreens, your stuff that's going to stay green all year. You can plant your magnolias. You can plant your boxwoods, um, plants like that. But for the most part, we really try to avoid a whole lot of planting, you know, January through February. Really, like, end of March, April is when we really want to start planting in more stuff. That's so funny because I've always thought, oh, you can only plant in the spring. And I feel like that's kind of a stereotype yeah, I mean, that a lot of people think. Right. I mean, technically, you can plant in the summer. You just have to know that you're going to have to water them a lot more. You're going to have to stay on it. It's just a lot more involvement if you do that. Um, that's why fall and, you know, spring is better than the summer as far as planting as well. But fall is definitely your optimum time um, to get your new plants in. Now, for anybody listening, if they were – wanting to or like interested in landscape architect are there a lot of schools that have this program there are um almost every school in the sec has a landscape architecture program some of them are just master programs so really your undergrad is is the better uh route to go i think arkansas lsu and georgia are some of the top programs in the country um mississippi state has a pretty good program, Kentucky, Auburn. Um, they have a graduate program. Um, I think a lot of schools in Texas and Clemson. I mean, it really is almost everywhere in your big state schools. All right, and then what is, like, for anybody interested in this, what would you say is the best part of your job and what would you say is the worst part of your job? I think the worst part 
is twofold because, you know, like an architect, when they complete a project and build, whether it's a house or a hotel or an office building, um, the first day that it opens is the best condition that building will ever be in um, until, you know, let's say it's get remodeled or something. So from that day on, when people move in, the building will start to decay, you know, and you'll have right. to be in constant maintenance. But the cool thing and the not so cool thing about landscape architecture is that the first day that you get everything in, you've, you've got your hardscape in, you've put your new plants in, that's actually the worst it's going to look because all the plants are small. Um, they haven't grown up together. Your hardscape is shiny and brand new. So as time goes on and people use it, it gets better with age and with time. And it wears and your plants grow in together like they're supposed to. So I think that's the cool part and the not so cool part is that that first day you're like, you're ready for it all to be completely filled in and done, but you're going to have to give it some time. And we like to say for plants, it's a three-year cycle when you put a new plant in. Um, the first year, it's going to sleep. You're not going to see a whole lot of growth from it because it's trying to just, you know, get acclimated to where you've planted it. The second year, it's going to, we call it creep. It's going to grow a little bit more and start to really spread out. And then the third year, we say leap. It's just going to take off and start growing. And from then on, you'll really notice the growth. So you just, you have to put things in perspective that it does take quite a bit of time when it comes to landscaping. Yeah, that's something I've never thought about. Yeah, a lot of people are not patient. <laughs> Me <laughs> you included. You have to remind them, you know, Me included. it's a process. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, you know, one of my favorite things is just specifically inside your house, looking at some of your um, major windows or doors that have glass and making that focal point something that you would like to look at. Like, for example, my my townhouse that I live in right now, we have um, the sink is on center with our door to our little balcony. Um, so I just, you know, you're washing dishes and you're looking out that door window all the time. So I put these planters on the railing of the balcony and I put these lights up and nice furniture and a little rug and a little planter so that I can look at that every day. I may not sit out there as much, but I look at it and I just think more people, you know, could benefit from doing stuff like that. And, you know, if there's a significant window in your house, making that something you really want to look out at all the time. All right. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Um, we've really enjoyed having you on The Clean Life and hope to have you back soon to talk about summer and uh, spring plants. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a joy to be on here. We'll see you guys next week on The Clean Life. This is Molly. Molly.